Sunday night football. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's lost. Mills got a trace. And welcome into the podcast. This is NFL Picks with Gabe. It's an Everything Burrito production, and you're listening to the Week 12 edition. Uh, last week we went six and seven straight up, and seven and six against the spread. I'll take a winning record against the spread any time. Uh, obviously, that's a disappointing result straight up, but uh, for the year we're 92 and 48 straight up, and 70 and 71 against the spread. Looking to continue the bounce back this week. So let's talk the games this weekend. Now, one game that got moved from Thursday to Sunday due to COVID concerns is the Baltimore at Pittsburgh game. And the the COVID concerns were squarely on the Ravens side uh, of things. So since the Ravens are the team that has had less practice and because they have some players that are going to be questionable for this game, they're clearly already at a disadvantage. And they're going up against one of the teams, uh, one of the best teams in the league, <laughs> maybe the best team in the league record-wise, of course, because the Steelers are undefeated. So seems like a pretty simple game on paper, and maybe it truthfully is, because uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't looked like himself this year and even more so since his star left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, has been out with injury. Now, against uh, a normal team, um, might not be that big of a deal, although you saw even Tennessee last week uh, made Baltimore look bad due to the injuries on the offensive line. So this is the Steelers we're talking about, and the Steelers have T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree off the edge, and they're going to tee off on Jackson. And that's not going to be pretty. The run game is going to have difficulty as well because the Steelers are stout up front. Um, Steelers are, you know, look, they have the best defense in the league right now. And, you know, you're looking at the the best defense in the league going up against an offense that just can't seem to find its footing. Marquise Brown has been inconsistent. I know Des Bryant's there now. Um, But really, Baltimore hasn't hasn't looked like uh, the team it was last year all season long. And honestly, they're trending in the wrong direction. Now, defensively, Baltimore has looked very, very good at points this year, but they're quite banged up in the front side of their defense there. Um, so their, their front seven is a little banged up. And you you saw even in overtime, the way that Derrick Henry finished them off last week. Um, you know, I, I really think that the Baltimore defense is not as stout against the run as they were earlier because of injuries to, to Calais Campbell and some of the guys up front there. And you're going to see James Conner run the ball well. Now, all of that said, I still think Baltimore has a fighting chance in this one. And one reason why is because they have one of the most talented secondaries in the league. Uh, Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey, uh, Marcus Peters, and on and on. So they have a really good secondary and that works to their advantage for sure. So, you know, Baltimore might hang in there, but Pittsburgh's got the advantage on the ground. They got the advantage, uh, you know, when it comes to Pittsburgh's defense over Baltimore, and they got the advantage because both Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are in those COVID protocols that could mean that they're, uh, you know, playing the whole game with Gus Edwards, you know, and, and it just, it really just trends in the Steelers' direction. So I'm taking the Steelers to win over the Ravens 27-19. to 19. Uh, According to Pigs Can Pick, I'm a, uh, Steelers were only a three-and-a-half point favorite. I think that line probably ballooned nationally. 
um, due to due to the things going on right now with this game. But um, yeah, kind kind of an interesting uh, a line there. Only three and a half point favorites by the undefeated Steelers. But you know, uh, again, the, the Ravens were a very good team last year. Maybe this is a game that they uh, they come and regain some form. Uh, I tend to doubt it. Uh, Arizona at New England. Uh, the Patriots are a team that's been impossible to figure out this year. Just impossible to figure out. Um, the talent isn't there. That's one big thing. The the talent just is is not the same as it has been in years past. And one of the big things, see, people like to talk about Tom Brady when it comes to that talent. Um, the offense had no talent last year. Uh, the offense was terrible last year. Um, what the Patriots had last year, though, was a dominant defense. They had the number one defense in the NFL last year, far and away. And essentially, most of those guys opted out because of COVID-19. So the Patriots have been looking to try to keep things simple, adapt. Uh, They're having a real difficult time rushing the passer. But what's interesting is with this bare bones roster, You've seen some of the best coaching of Bill Belichick's life at times. Um, sometimes his players can't execute the scheme, but it's actually he's Belichick himself has had a really good year, even though his team is below 500. Um, they're coming into this one two and a half point underdogs. Arizona has been very, very good at points, uh, a little inconsistent. Uh, Kyler Murray has been looking fantastic. He is one of the top scrambling quarterbacks in the league, but that's kind of doing him a, a disservice because he is so good as a pocket passer. See, we have a tendency to fixate on a quarterback's running ability when he's that dynamic as a runner. Um, but Murray has really, really been awesome as a pocket passer. But um, something I, I, just to think about, uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins has been fantastic. And that is really what keys the success for Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins, week in and week out, has been fantastic. And, you know, even you think about the Buffalo game, why did they win that game? That's not, you know, Kyler Murray put the ball where it needed to go at the end of the game, but that's just DeAndre Hopkins going over three guys and dunking on them. That's that's ridiculous. That's something that should never, uh, it should never come down to that, to be honest. I mean, Buffalo's a good team, but um, yeah, anyway, DeAndre Hopkins is the whole key to the Arizona success. So um, in this game, and look, Kenyon Drake has not been able to run the ball. He's not a good option back there. I like Chase Edmonds better, but just seems like the coaching staff likes Drake quite a bit. Um, Yeah, and and I know Murray's got his secondary targets and whatever, but um, the New England secondary has been torched, but they've been torched with depth receivers, if that makes sense. So in this game, it's interesting because you're looking at Hopkins going up against Stefan Gilmore. That's defensive player of the year last year, Stefan Gilmore. And I know he hasn't played up to that standard this year. But you know on any given Sunday, Stefan Gilmore can can bring out that defensive player of the year, Gilmore side. So, you know, in this one, that's that's what it comes down to for the for the Arizona offense. Basically, if if Hopkins wins that matchup, then Arizona wins. And if Gilmore wins that option, uh, that matchup, then then I think you're looking at a Patriots victory because on the Patriots side of the ball, yeah, we we talked about it. They don't have weapons, but Cam has been playing smart for the most part. He's looking healthier. 
Um, that's always an issue with Cam Newton. Uh, they're bringing back Sony Michelle. That's big. And Damian Harris has been awesome um, as a running back for them. So they're going to ground pound him. No doubt about it. That's going to be the Belichick philosophy in this one uh, to keep it on the ground. And, you know, as you know, Damian Harris continues to play real well, that's, that's great. But really what it is, is the New England offensive line is one of the best. No, you know what? They're the best run blocking offensive line in the NFL right now. And yeah, they're, they're awesome. And Cam Newton has a burgeoning connection with Jacoby Myers. And so he can get, he can get his moments in the passing game. Anyway, you know, here in New England, they're two and a half point underdogs. Um, I'm going upset special and taking New England to win this one straight up. I'm going to go Patriots 24, Cardinals 21. So the Patriots winning it straight up and uh, covering that two and a half point underdog spread. Okay, Uh, Los Angeles Chargers at Buffalo Bills. Uh, The Bills are a team that has regained its early season form. Josh Allen has really come back into his early season form. And Allen has played just just fantastically well recently. And, you know, the the defense hasn't been what it was earlier in the year. And I'm not really sure why, to be honest. Um, Because I I think they can come back and and be that team that they were. Maybe it's just been matchups. But this is going to be a tough game to rebound or to continue to rebound for the Buffalo defense because... They're going up against uh, Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert um, with Burrow now being out for the year. Uh, Herbert is the top rookie quarterback that we have seen in recent memory. Um, he's fantastic. He he is absolutely a guy that's going to push the ball down the field. He's going to take full advantage of his um, matchups on the outside specifically. And you're going to see that against the Buffalo Bills secondary that has been inconsistent this year. Um, so, you know, Justin Herbert's going to get his points. Uh, the Chargers right now seem really talented, and I'm I'm throwing out last week's game against the Jets because, look, I mean, that's the Jets. But in most games this year, it feels like the Chargers are really good at uh, playing very well, but at the same time uh, losing the game in the end. Um, I'm not saying that's on Herbert. I'm just saying, like, that's kind of how they've been playing. Uh, the Bills, on the other hand, they're winners. They're they're a team that's they've they've been in the playoffs. They're Josh Allen's gritty kind of guy, and you know he he does enough to get it done. Um, oftentimes, Allen, you know, he'll put the ball, he'll tuck the ball and run with it if he needs to. Um, Allen, I keep saying this, but he reminds me of a young Brett Favre that way. Just that strong arm, that competitive drive. Um, you know, they always said that about Brett Favre. If he, if he wasn't a quarterback, he probably would have been a safety or something like that because he's just that kind of player. He's a football player. He's not just a quarterback. That's what I love about Josh Allen as well. And so I think Allen does enough in this one to get the Bills over the top. So, um, you know, I, th- I think Allen is, is going to get the ball downfield to Stephon Diggs. And, you know, I think Zach Moss has played better and better each week. I think you're slowly seeing him take over the primary duties there in the backfield for for the Bills over Devin Singletary. And and I expect to see that continue. Uh, The Chargers just don't have that running game that they can lean on in the same way as the Bills do that way. And uh, I'm giving a slight edge to the Bills in this one. However, 
Chargers are five and a half point underdogs. Um, so I'm taking the Chargers to cover uh, against the spread. Um, but I'm taking the Bills to win this one straight up. Bills 29, Chargers 27. So we made reference to the Jets. So the next game on the slate is the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Um, yeah, notoriously, the Jets are one of the worst teams. No, they're the worst team in the NFL. Um, although we'll get to another candidate later on. Um, but the, the Jets have, have been playing better ever since they came within three points of the New England Patriots. Um, not, I mean, hey, they've played better, but they're still, they, they don't have a win yet. So, I mean, let's not exaggerate what they've done. But ever since they came within three points of the Patriots, I mean, they've consistently been more in the games that they've been playing and their offenses looked significantly less putrid. A lot of that has to do with the emergence of Denzel Mims, um, both in his actual production and in the ways that he causes defenses to, to have to think about him. Now, Mims is a great athlete. Uh, Jameson Crowder is also a, a very good athlete on the outside. And the Jets have some nice some nice weapons in the pass game that way. What they don't have is any weapons in the run game because uh, that's still pretty much Frank Gore. Um but, you know, they're more respectable than they were. Uh, Joe Flacco has been okay. I'm not saying he's been good, but he's been okay. Um, it seems likely that, that Flacco is going to be the one to go here. Uh, the last game, uh, Sam Darnold was doubtful for. Uh, I'm not sure if they want to continue to protect Darnold or if they want to throw him in there and see what they got in Darnold. Uh, because yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel like the Jets have given up on Sam Darnold and they've, they've already moved on to Trevor Lawrence in their mind. But in, in any event... Um, if it's Flacco, you know, I, I can see him, um, getting his points there, getting it downfield to Crowder and Mims. And that's what he's been doing. Uh, the, the, the past few weeks, it's been decent. Um, the Jets secondary looks kind of improved, um, uh, with the jettisoning of Pierre Desir. And, you know, honestly, their, their, their front seven has never really been their issue. So they've always been decent, uh, that way. So they're, they're a much more solid, horrible team. <laughs> I know that's an oxymoron, but they're a much more solid, horrible team than they were earlier in the season. Uh, let's talk about Miami for a little bit. Now, Miami has been very underrated for the majority of this season. And then then they started to a Tonga Valoa. And last week, they, they pulled Tonga Valoa against the Broncos, and they had an ugly defeat against Denver. Uh, really surprised me. Uh, surprised a lot of people. Um what happened there was Tonga Valoa is a young quarterback, and he got very confused by the exotic schemes that were being brought his way by Vic Fangio uh, in Denver. Uh, Fangio is an excellent coach, and he uh, confused the rookie, no doubt about it. So, um, you know, Brian Flores made the executive decision to pull Tua and put Ryan Fitzmagic back in. And uh, maybe you might have thought, wow, that's that's a crazy move. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think Flores did what he did to try to win the game. And it, it almost worked. It almost worked if, if Fitzmagic wasn't picked off in the end zone there. But I, I think he also did what he did to just kind of salvage to his confidence because he could sense that that was not going to go well the rest of the game. Uh, Tua was, was um, he was seeing ghosts out there, right? So... Um, you know, he, he pulled him and it was probably the right move, but Tua will be starting this game. And I expect to see a resurgent Tua Tonga Valoa. 
believe me, Brian Flores has been working with this kid. He is, you know, two is going to get after it. If you know anything about how how much of a mentally tough guy Tua Tonga-Valoa is, I guarantee you that he will come out here and there's a fire lit under him now because he got pulled from that last game. He does not want that to happen again. He's going to come out here against the Jets and he's going to give it his all. And uh, I expect him to see him do very well. Um, Devontae Parker, I expect to have a, a solid game. Uh, Salvin, Salvin Ahmed uh, as well in the backfield. Um, I can see him just because of game situation. I can see him having a really nice, like a lot of carries because I expect to see Miami get out to a lead and sustain that lead uh, against a bad Jets team. And, and really the whole key to this game, uh, I keep coming back to it over and over. The Dolphins defense is very good. And the Dolphins' defense will play very well. That doesn't mean... We, we talked about the Jets' offense being improved, and it, it is improved. Um, but, but the Dolphins' defense is, is an X factor here. So I'm taking the Dolphins to win this one 26-18 over the Jets. Uh, Miami's a 6.5-point favorite, and I'm comfortable taking the Dolphins by 6.5 points on this one. So we're taking the Dolphins to win both straight up and against the spread. Stuck Carolina at Minnesota. Uh, this is an interesting matchup because the Carolina Panthers, we don't know who's starting at quarterback. It's it's probably going to be Teddy Bridgewater. I know he he almost played uh, in the game last Sunday, but instead it ended up being former XFL star P.J. Walker, which, I, you know, we saw a lot that uh, was real positive from P.J. Walker. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to hang, hang around in this league. Um, yeah. But uh, this will probably be Teddy Bridgewater. Um, is Christian McCaffrey a go? I don't know. Um, I don't know if McCaffrey's going to play, and if he doesn't, it's it's going to be Mike uh, Mike Davis. Davis has played really, really well this year as well. And you've got some nice targets on the outside. We, we keep talking about that for Carolina. That's a, that's a key to their success. And so, you know, I like what Carolina brings to the table offensively. It's nothing, nothing crazy, nothing... Uh, exotic or anything like that, but they just have solid guys, and 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 that's good. And they're going up against a Minnesota team that, um, you know, they're they're missing some key pieces. Um, Daniel Hunter and Anthony Barr, of course, have been out for for pretty much the whole season, and you know that that's taken its toll on Minnesota. But Minnesota's defense is still a little underrated because Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith are great safeties. And that young secondary started the year really terrible. And I feel like they're starting to come together a little bit. So you've got that going on. And, and as well, it's, you know, that defensive line, nobody scares you on the Minnesota defensive line. But cumulatively, they're going to get a few pressures. So I think Minnesota's defense is a little underrated. Um, maybe one of the primary reasons, too, honestly, is is Eric Kendricks is, is playing great this season he's playing really really well and that needs to be recognized um so you know carolina they'll, they'll get a few points but i i do feel like minnesota's d is underrated um but speaking of defenses last week the carolina panthers the carolina panthers shut out the detroit lions now now why did that happen well it happened because matthew stafford had an injured hand and it happened because DeAndre Swift was out of the game and Kenny Galladay was out of the game and the Lions had zero weapons and their quarterback was injured. Now, I'm not trying to take all credit away from Carolina. Look, they played a good game. They played a really good game. Then that's wonderful. And they've got a lot of good pieces. You know, I love Brian Burns. 
I love Brian Burns. I think he's going to be a great player in this league uh, very soon. And Carolina has some good pieces defensively. But that shutout had so much more to do with the Lions being injured and just not having the personnel uh, to really play and really hang with an NFL team uh, than it did with Carolina being a fantastic defense. So in this one, you think about it, who does Minnesota have for weapons? Um, I don't know. Justin Jefferson, probably one of the top wide receivers in the game, along with Adam Thielen, who is now, to me, a number two receiver to, to Justin Jefferson. That's not a knock on Adam Thielen. More that's just saying how good I think Justin Jefferson is because Thielen makes circus catches. He's unbelievable, but he does not have the physical skill set that Justin Jefferson has. And of course, uh, the Vikings have Dalvin Cook. Cook has been electric pretty much uh, the entire season, and I don't expect to see that stop here in Carolina. So even with Captain Kirk Cousins being the guy that's steering the ship, I expect to see Minnesota um, you know, get, get their points here too. So Minnesota's four and a half point favorites. That sounds about fair to me. Um, I, I'm taking Minnesota to win this one. Uh, Vikings 28, Panthers 23. So Minnesota getting the win straight up and covering that four and a half point spread. Uh, New York Giants at Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this might be my, my favorite play of the week. And I'll tell you why. Um, Cincinnati is looked at as like a team that's like, okay, they're, they're solid, they're decent. And um, the reason being, of course, is because of Joe Burrow. Burrow has played out of his mind. He's completely changed the culture. Remember last year? Remember last year when, when the Cincinnati Bengals were the Jets? And they might have been worse than the Jets. They were uh, winless at this time last year. And they looked like they had no hope of winning a game at any point in the season. I mean, they looked absolutely abysmal um, there. So, you know, this team, Burrow comes in, and I know they made other changes too. I'm not saying it was only Burrow, but, you know, Burrow gets them to become a solid team. And and a big part of that, honestly, is psychological because when you have the guy back there at quarterback, your defense has something to fight for. They feel like, hey, you know what? Um, Maybe we can win. And they put forth a little more effort. And then Burrow rewards that confidence by, you know, driving his team the length of the field and going down. And, you know, and I'm not saying they've been great this year. Cincinnati hasn't been great this year, but people perceive them as a solid team. And I don't know that we've caught up with how bad they're going to be without Burrow uh, to this point. So the question is, who's starting in place of them? Initially, uh, most people thought that would be Ryan Finley. Um, who, who started some games last year for Cincinnati. Instead, it looks like it's going to be Brandon Allen. Um, now, Allen's got some starts in the NFL too, so, you know, whatever. But the drop-off between Joe Burrow and Brandon Allen is extraordinary. So uh, what this means is not only are the Bengals, excuse me, not only are the Bengals without Joe Mixon already, but now you've downgraded Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, A.J. Green, all of the weapons offensively now become basically unusable because you got Brandon Allen throwing in the ball. And Cincinnati's defense has never been good. Um, so Cincinnati's in trouble. And they're the team that I was talking about earlier when I said they can give the Jets a run for their money for worst team in the league at this point without Joe Burrow. So 
Giants have a pretty easy matchup here. Uh, honestly, the Giants are super underrated. They've been rolling. Daniel Jones has been playing better this year. Um, you know, some of his critics, they're just never going to see him as the guy that he is. But I mean, look at him against Philly and stuff. I mean, he he's running the ball a ton. Um, he He's that dual threat quarterback and he's been safer with the ball. He's been turning it over less. Uh, Wayne Gallman has been a really good running back. He's got a nose for the end zone. Um, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are good receivers. And that Giants defense is a tryhard defense. Um, they, they've been playing better and better. So, I mean, I really like the Giants in this spot. I, I mean, I, I see Giants blowout coming, which is crazy because earlier in the season, we all considered the Giants to be one of the worst teams in the league. But under Joe Judge, they've, they've gelled and they're a different team now. And it's important to recognize where progress has been made. So, you know, I can see some te- some people saying, well, you know, maybe I'll take the Giants at five and a half point, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I'll take Cincinnati to cover that five and a half point spread. Um, you know, m- maybe the defense rises to the occasion without Burrow and, you know, Gio Bernard, uh, you know, runs like crazy or something. No, that's not going to happen. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't really see Cincinnati scoring much at all. And the Giants are a good enough team to put a few points on the board. So. Uh, we're going to go with Giants 24, Bengals 6, and the Giants easily covering that 5.5 point spread and uh, easily getting the win straight up. So let's talk Las Vegas at Atlanta. This is a really interesting matchup because the way that Gruden has been playing recently, um, the way that Gruden has been calling his offense recently, uh, it's it's a run-dominant thing, but it's also... He's really developing some trust in Derek Carr, and Carr is developing some great chemistry with Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs and Nelson Aguilar, and that Raiders offense is looking really, really good. They came within a hair's breadth of beating the Kansas City Chiefs the other night. Um, The reason they didn't is because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and they left too much time for that guy. Um, But really, I mean, this Raiders team is playing really, really good. That might have been a little deflating for Las Vegas, um, what what happened there against Kansas City. Um, But you want to talk deflating, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. This team is a team that just finds a way to lose. The body language for Matt Ryan these days is is abysmal. Um, They got destroyed by the New Orleans Saints last week. And you know, you could just tell, you could just tell how deflating that was for everybody. Um, but you know, the Falcons are used to it. They're used to bouncing back. And so they're, they're good at rebounding anyway. Um, and th- their offense always comes to play. And I feel like under Raheem Morris, um, they, they've just been a better team defensively. They're, they're running to the ball. They're gang tackling, you know, you're seeing guys that are, you know, putting forth real effort, Deion Jones and Keanu Neal are really talented players, but they're, they're playing all out and everything too. Um, they weren't good enough to take down the Saints. Uh, this Las Vegas team is not as talented as the Saints, and I think you're going to see uh, Matt Ryan have a really nice day. Uh, Calvin Ridley, and, and, and I don't know if Julio Jones is going to play. Um, I don't know what's going on with his hamstring, but e- either way, uh, Ryan's got a really nice connection with Calvin Ridley. And uh, even some of the the lesser known receivers over there, like Zacchaeus, uh, Russell Gage, Matt Ryan has a nice connection with them. And, and the Raiders secondary is admittedly weak. Um, week to week, they, they've been different, but 
they really haven't always brought it. But again, I, th- I think the Las Vegas offense is somewhat of a, of a juggernaut. Um, they, they're really balanced, and Derek Carr is really feeling it. And Atlanta's defense has improved, but I don't think not improved enough to be able to slow down uh, the Raiders to a tremendous degree. Um, in this game, the Raiders are three and a half point favorites, and that's a tricky number because you know I honestly think that the Raiders would probably win by a field goal. So, um, you know, I'm, t- I'm taking the Raiders to win this one. So we're going Raiders 31, Falcons 28, um, Atlanta with a three and a half point underdogs. We're, we're going to take them to cover that spread just barely and uh, hang in there uh, with a strong performance from Matt Ryan. Uh, Cleveland at Jacksonville. Um, this this feels like a trap, doesn't it? Because uh, Jacksonville has played well in some weeks. Like think about the, the Texans game and the Packers game with Jake Luton. Um, and then they can really lay an egg like they get they did against the Steelers. So we don't know which Jacksonville team is going to show up. Cleveland, on the other hand, um, has been rolling through people. Um, Nick Chubb being back makes a huge impact and he tears people apart and Kareem Hunt finishes him off. And, you know, Baker Mayfield's looking good. Even without Odell, uh, this Cleveland team uh, looks more dynamic offensively than they have all year long. And that's huge. And, and going up as this Jacksonville team, I keep saying Jacksonville's pesky and, and they are. Um, but Cleveland's played really, really well on defense. And that's even without uh, Miles Garrett here. I think you're going to continue to see that. Um, you know, Cleveland's missing some key pieces, and that's that's what makes this game kind of tough to call because I think Denzel Ward is going to be out for this game. Um, Greedy Williams might be out for this game. So they're missing some defensive pieces. But just looking at Olivier Vernon last week and looking at the way that the, uh, the Cleveland stop unit has been coming together, uh, I think you'll see them play well against Jacksonville. Uh, and again, Cleveland, Cleveland on offense is just uh, really, really – uh, been coming together really well. So in this one, I'm taking the Browns to win it. I'm going to go 28-16 over the Jags, and the Browns are six and a half point favorites. I got them covering that. Um, Tennessee at Indianapolis, kind of strange. This one, it's like, didn't we just watch this game? And, and we did. It was on a Thursday night a few weeks back. And in that game, uh, Naheem Hines exploded. He blew up and um, you saw the Colts just kind of manhandle the, the, the Titans. And I'm not really sure why we're seeing a, a ton of play for the Titans on this one. Um, apparently this is one of the heaviest bet games, um, of the week, um, with, with the Titans getting, getting picks here for, um, <laughs> for covering the spread. Uh, we just saw these two teams play and the Colts clearly showed they were the better team. I know we saw the Titans have an impressive win over the Ravens. Hey, I saw it too. And, you know, Derrick Henry looked great. And, you know, the the Tennessee defense actually looked good. But, you know, with that said, it's we just saw these two teams play. And the Colts last week took out a really good Packers team. And I know there there might be questions about Phillip Rivers' toe. How's he doing? I don't know. You know what? That's not as important as just understanding that the Colts run game is looking really, really good with Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, both of them. And Michael Pittman is coming into his own. And really the key is the Indianapolis defense. Now I know one of the keys to the Indianapolis defense is DeForest Buckner and Buckner looks like he's out for this game. 
But as long as they have Darius Leonard and as long as they have that secondary with, you know, Kari Willis and uh, Xavier Rhodes and uh, Rocky Scene and these guys, I, I think the Colts are going to be just fine. So uh, I, I don't see Ryan Tannehill being able to get traction as a quarterback back there. Uh, Justin Houston can, you know, get to the passer. Um, Colts defense is good. And Derrick Henry had trouble getting going uh, against the Colts last time. And the Colts were the dominant team on the ground. You'll see that same thing play out again. I don't see why the result of this one would be different. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Colts to win this one, 28 to 24 over the Titans. And the Colts going to cover that three and a half point spread. All right. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. You just saw the Rams take out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Many people very impressed with the Rams. And uh, because of that, uh, this line is six and a half points. Uh, the Rams are favored by six and a half points over last year's NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. This 49ers team is a very different team. Uh, we all acknowledge that Jimmy G won't be starting. It'll be Nick Mullins again. Um, you're not going to have George Kittle in there. It's going to be Jordan Reed. Um, you know, you're not going to have, I don't think Raheem Mostert's going to go, you know, it's just, this is a very different team, right? This is a, this is a different San Francisco team than, uh, destroyed the Rams earlier in the season. Um, so, you know, I understand that even though this Rams team got destroyed earlier in the season, I understand the reason why a lot of people are confident in the Rams. I really, really beg to differ because I think this comes down to the coaching matchup and the matchups. Um, Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay. Shanahan knows how to coach against McVay. He showed that in the last game. He outcoached him in circles. It wasn't about personnel. It was about the way that the play calls came in. It was about the defense. It was about the way that uh, the Jared Goff got rattled by the San Francisco D. And I get it. They're missing pieces. K1 Williams is out. Uh, Jaquiski Tart is out. These guys are out. That's fine. But you know what? San Francisco's scheme is designed well to stop the Rams. I think you're looking at the Rams get overrated because, look, they took out Tampa Bay. How good is Tampa Bay? I don't know because week to week, I'm not sure who that team is. Uh, so I think the Rams are a little overrated, and I think we've we've slept on the 49ers. They had a week to get healthy. They had a bye week. Uh, Kyle Shanahan coming off a of bye week. Anytime you got a talented, creative coach coming off a of bye week, I am all over that. Um, so even though this is Nick Mullins, even though this is the sh a shadow of the 49ers team that we knew earlier, um, I expect a really awesome bounce back game here. And I think one of the key reasons for that is because the 49ers secondary has played better and better each week without uh, Richard Sherman. I mean, I'm saying Sherman is a big void to miss, but they're bouncing back from that. And Jason Verrett is playing out of his mind. And I think you're going to see the San Francisco defense rattle Goff and keep him down a little bit. And the 49ers linebackers led by Fred Warner, uh, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, um, I think they can limit the Rams running game. So I really like the 49ers in this spot. And so this is another upset special. Uh, maybe a foolish pick. I don't know. But uh, San Francisco, six and a half point underdogs. I'm taking them to cover that spread. Uh, but not just to cover the spread. I'm taking them to win straight up. Uh, 49ers 21, Rams 17. So we'll see. 
Uh, New Orleans at Denver is a very intriguing game. Uh, the Taysom Hill experiment is only uh, one week old, and so far the results are overwhelmingly positive. Uh, will that continue? Yeah, probably. Um, he's not the same quarterback as Drew Brees, and he won't be. Um, Taysom Hill brings something very different to the table. Um, what he brings is a quarterback that's not going to be as deadly accurate in the short game. That's true. Uh, and while he didn't throw an interception last week against, against the Falcons, you could tell he didn't have the same ball security as Drew Brees. Uh, you saw him almost throw a pick on his first drive. Um, but you saw something else that's really, really fascinating. You saw him get Mike Thomas involved deeper. You saw him bomb the ball out to Emmanuel Sanders. It wasn't a good pass, but you saw a bomb to Emmanuel Sanders you see arm strength. You see him pushing the ball down the field. That is so key for the Saints team. Um, I I don't know. It's such a conundrum because it's so difficult to say, is this team better off without Breeze, even though Hill is inexperienced and just a strong-armed running quarterback? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a, such a tough question. I think that they're more poised for uh, sustained success when you have other elements besides the short passing game to lean on. So in this matchup, I mean, can I see Hill making some mistakes? No doubt about it. This is a Denver defense. We just saw them stymie uh, Tua Tonga-Valoa and get, he got pulled out of the game, right? So I'm not saying that Hill, I, I, I almost anticipate him making at least a couple mistakes in this game. But um, Saints defense is playing extraordinarily well. They are super motivated. Um, they are kicking butts and taking names. They are probably the number one defense in the NFC. In the AFC, maybe the, the Colts and the, the Steelers give them a run for their money. But uh, as far as the NFC goes, this team is top tier. Cam Jordan is playing extraordinary. Uh, Demario Davis is a monster. Uh, that secondary, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson playing really, really well. So uh, the Saints defense is really their calling card in many ways. So I think you're going to see them limit Drew Locke and, and the Denver offense quite a bit. And here's the thing. Even though I think Hill will make some mistakes, I mean, he's going to make some plays too. And I see him pushing the ball down the field to, to can't guard Mike. Mike Thomas is going to make some plays there. And, and Emmanuel Sanders and um, get Jared Cook and Alvin Kamara involved. This is a Saints victory. Um, I don't see it going any other way. I'm going... Uh, Saints 35, Broncos 13. Saints are five and a half point favorites, so I see them covering that spread. All right. Uh, how about another upset special? Uh, Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Um, Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Interesting matchup here. Kansas City, um, last week you saw them. We talked about it a little bit against the Raiders. Um, last possession goes to Mahomes, and he drives him down the field and gets it, right? Um, and something similar in Tampa Bay, you know, you see a close game where the Rams win by a field goal and, you know, I mean, Brady, Brady's Brady, but he's also 43. Um, but you look at those weapons and it's unbelievable. The weapons he has at his disposal, we can, we can definitely see the Bucks getting better week by week. They're going to, right? As they gel, they're going to get better week by week. Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, blah, 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 right? Um, and, and we haven't even touched on, yeah, Rojo and 
all that's going on in that ground game and Gronk's out there, Cameron Bright. So, you know, Tampa Bay has an embarrassment of riches offensively. Um, can they do what the Raiders did last week? Yeah, I think they really, really can. I think Arians probably copies the Gruden uh, mold there and uh, attempts to attack the Kansas City defense, who, who's who been good, but they're a little limited. Um, they don't have, they don't have maybe, um, they don't have the same kind of defenses as some of the ones we were mentioning just a little bit ago. So they can be beat and specifically in the secondary. Okay. Kansas City on offense. Um, it, Patrick Mahomes is going to erupt. You, you know, he is because he does every week. Mahomes has been just absolutely unstoppable and he, he's got great chemistry with his receivers. He's creative. He's, you know, Mahomes is definitely in the MVP conversation. He's just a he's an incredible quarterback and he's so fun to watch. Um the thing is if if he's got to score every time he gets the ball or he's he's not always going to be the last one with the ball, right? Um so if his defense puts him in that spot, sometimes he's he's not the last guy with the ball. What's he going to do, right? And meanwhile for Tampa Bay, uh Jamel Dean, their star cornerback might miss this with a concussion. Um that that could be kind of a brutal thing for for Tampa Bay. Um, But, you know, one thing I'll say for the Tampa Bay defense is their front seven is very good against the run, and they get good pressure against the pass. And Kansas City's missing some offensive linemen, and you're going to see the Tampa Bay guys get after Mahomes. I'm not saying, like, Mahomes under pressure is still Mahomes, so, you know, (laughs) it's still something to deal with. Um, But in this one, I I just kind of feel like flip a coin over who wins it, right? I'm taking Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm taking the Bucks to win this one, 31 to 30 over the Chiefs. Tampa Bay is uh, two and a half point underdogs, so we're taking them as an upset special to to win the game straight up and to cover the spread. Um, Chicago at Green Bay. This is the Sunday night game. Uh, I really went back and forth on this game. Um, Green Bay's eight and a half point favorites. And the Packers are just an excellent offensive team. They got a little out of sync against the Colts last week, but the Colts are a really, really good defense. That's not to say the Bears aren't a decent defense, but Akeem Hicks might miss this game. Uh, in fact, I think he will. Uh, you know, you, you got a Bears defense that's been beat at times this year. Um, and Rodgers has the Bears number um, two. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, Green Bay's continuing to get healthier, getting weapons back. We've been talking about that. Alan Lazard back. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling cost them the game last week, but I really liked the way that Green Bay kind of rallied around him. And I I think you'll see a big game from MVS this week because I I think that, you know, Rodgers is going to make a point of getting him the ball and and showing his trust in him. Meanwhile, the, the Bears offense just matches up so poorly uh, with the Packers defense. Packers defense is designed to stop the pass. Um, they've got great edge rushers uh, now with Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith and now the, the emerging uh, Rashawn Gary and even Kenny Clark getting some pressure last week. Um, you know, they, they got a nice defensive line, but but what's more is they've got Jair Alexander, they've got Kevin King, they've got guys in the outside that can shut you down, Adrian Amos, who they got from the Bears. Um and Darnell Savage coming into his own. So the Packers' defense is designed to stop the pass. If they have a weakness, it's against the run. So if you're the Bears, how are you going to take advantage of that? Because you have the most anemic ground game in the league, this side of the Houston Texans. So, um, man, it's it's a it's a pitiful matchup for the Bears that way. 
I just don't see them scoring many points, and I don't care who's starting at quarterback. We're, we're not really sure who this is going to be. Is it Foles? Is it Trubisky? Is it Bray? I, I don't know, but I don't know that it really matters because Green Bay is going to get a few points. Aaron Rodgers is going to make sure of that, um, and I don't know that the Bears are going to be able to score more than, let's say, 13 points. So I'm going with uh, Packers 24, Bears 13. Uh, Green Bay's eight and a half point favorites. I will take the Packers to cover that and get the straight up victory. Takes us to our final game of the week. It's Seattle at Philadelphia. And uh, Russell Wilson, <laughs> he's up and down. Man, he he looked so bad uh, earlier in the year when he was tossing all those picks. And then he comes out last game and, and looks really, really good. Which Russell Wilson shows up? Well, I am going to bet on it being the Russell Wilson that tears you apart and look like an MVP for the first few weeks of the season (laughs) because this Philadelphia defense has some holes. Um, And, you know, I've I've said this all year. I like the Philly defense um, up front, but I do not like their secondary. They match up super poorly with the Seahawks because the Seahawks are going to take advantage of your secondary. Um, Honestly, it seems like Seattle's not that interested in running the ball this year. Um, they know what their personnel is. They know they've got, you know, David Moore and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and they're just going to get the ball down the field to them. And that's exactly what they're going to do against Philly. Uh, for the Philadelphia offense going up against Seattle, Seattle's defense looked terrible earlier, but you know, you look at where they've been, um, they're again, they're coming back together and it's important to kind of look at momentum. Um, Jamal Adams is getting a little healthier, uh, Dunlap starting to adapt to the defense. That's huge. Bobby Wagner's looking like him, his old self. Um, so they're coming together and that's, this is going to be a, a, a nice confidence boost game because I don't care who you're going against right now. Uh, Carson Wentz has not looked like a starting caliber NFL quarterback. I, I love Carson Wentz, but he makes tons of mistakes he panics. He looks checked out at times. Um, so even with all of his weapons coming back and like everybody, oh, everything's going to be okay in Philly. No, everything's not going to be okay in Philly. So um, taking the Seahawks to win this one, 36 to 17 over the Eagles, uh, easily covering that five and a half point spread. All right, let's talk real quick. 10 uh, fantasy guys I like slightly better than than their projections this week. So again, not saying these are my favorite plays of the week, but just saying, hey, these are 10 guys I like a little better than everybody else seems to, to like them this week. So um, start off with the tight end position. I like Mark Andrews against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Steelers defense is dominant, but one, one element uh, that it hasn't been as good is their tight end coverage. And... Um, Lamar Jackson is going to have to throw a lot in this game because I feel like they're going to get down and he's going to rely on Mark Andrews. Um, Love both Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders against Denver, not because Denver has a bad secondary, but because we're still catching up with who Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas are with a quarterback that can get them the ball downfield. Taysom Hill loves both of these guys. Uh, You can tell he wants to get them the ball. He wants to feed them. And so I think you'll continue to see that happen. I like Justin Jefferson against the Carolina secondary. I don't think that needs a lot of explanation. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, like him against Tennessee. Now look, Naheem Hines could take uh, tons of the carries too and and get some work uh, in the backfield, but 
Jonathan Taylor looked so good uh, against Green Bay last week, and I really think he's coming into his own, and he's got a nice matchup there against the Titans. Like Wayne Gallman quite a bit against the Bengals. Uh, Gallman has a nose for the end zone, and you know I, I see him getting plenty of opportunities as uh, I think the Giants are going to be up big in this one for most of the game. Like James Conner against the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens I think can be ran on. You saw that last week uh, with Derrick Henry. Um, so, you know, I think you'll continue to see that more and more. And, uh, I like Tua, uh, I like Tua Tonga-Valoa as a quarterback against the Jets. I'm not saying he's going to put up a big day, um, necessarily, but I think better than what he's projected to. And the idea of like, whoa, this quarterback just got benched. He must be terrible. It's like, no, Tua is going to come back strong against a mediocre Jets team. Uh, love Derek Carr versus the Atlanta Falcons uh, secondary. Secondary's weak, and Carr has been looking spectacular in recent times. So I think he'll continue that trend. And finally, I like Daniel Jones uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals team. Uh, Jones is underrated, and I know we keep putting faith in him, and then he lets us down, and then he shows us a little glimmer, and then we put faith in him, and he lets us down. But uh, I think this time, <laughs> I think I'm really believing in him. Uh, so we'll see, but but yeah, I like Daniel Jones there. Well, that is going to do it for the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy that NFL action, and I'll see you right back here uh, for week 13. This has been NFL Picks with Gabe. It's an everything burrito production.